You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. a pass left side of the lane. Paredes, Paredes. all the way jumper is good. Canatillo high. Alright, welcome back. It is Minor Talk. We are live along with Sal Montes. I'm Adrian Bradis. We're getting ready. It's UTEP Hoops. Sol Ross. UTEP beats him out by 40 points. 99-59. Let's talk about it with you. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. That's our telephone number to get into the program. We're also at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter, at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. And I get it. Tonight will be a different show. It's Sel Ross. It's a Division Three program that the Miners went up against. And, you know, they, they got to show off what they've uh, been doing these first couple weeks of college hoops action. And uh, we saw it against Texas. This is a stifling defense that hangs in games. We saw it against New Mexico State where I felt like, again, revisiting that game in the Battle of I-10, the Miners controlled that one, and they deserved to win that game, and UTEP uh, just did a great job on, on both ends, um, you know, on both ends, and in this contest, it's kind of all that hard work uh, culminating into one. Uh, they did not, they looked poised, they did not uh, sh- look shaky, they did not look sluggish or overlook this Sol Ross team. This is exactly what you wanted to see from a UTEP basketball team, and I think we're starting to learn a little bit more about, you know, individual play there's not much we can take away from this one uh, I saw way too many overreactions on Twitter on on this game and it's like come on man this is so raw state for better or for worse this is just one of those games that you just chalk up and and say hey it's UTEP going up against a team in another uniform and they're going to try to just get better uh, tonight and they did 32 turnovers that they forced they had a school record 24 steals that's really impressive right there by this UTEP defense which I believe uh, continues to get better and better and Sal, we know the rotation. The rotation's yeah. looking at, staring at us right uh, in the face. There's 11 guys on this roster. They can play legitimate minutes. And that's, I mean, that's comforting if you're a, you're a UTEP fan. Yeah, and pretty much every guy we, we saw play today, right, with the exception of probably Antoine Holmes, um, has already right. touched the floor, which I think was huge. So for the Miners to go out there and, and you know, give guys minutes where, if we can be honest, throughout the year um, – I think everybody's going to see some minutes just based off of the off of the defense and the intensity. So when, when guys, you know, go off the floor to the bench and somebody's coming in to replace them for whatever reason, right, rotations or foul trouble, that intensity should not uh, slow down and that defensive pressure should continue to be applied. And we got to see that today. And, and you're right. What do we make of it um, at the end of the day, we got to make something of it. But sure. at the end of the day, it's the Lobos of Sol Ross, a Division Three team that the Miners, um, if we can be honest, overpowered. And, and any right. Division One team uh, pretty much is going to overpower a D3. And that's no knock. It's just you, you, you want to be proud of the defensive effort. But this one's already in the books. Got to look forward to Alcorn State if you're the Miners. We can talk a little bit about some of the disappointing things we saw uh, just for maybe the first three games um, for UTEP and what we want to see improved overall. We could talk a little bit about some of the best newcomers on this squad. We can also talk about some of the guys who are kind of waiting behind the scenes who might emerge throughout the year. And and maybe we saw flashes of that tonight. Uh, real quick, want to reel off the rotation that we've seen. So I, I think we can narrow it down to 10. If you want to stretch it out to 11, that's totally fine. So the first starting five, uh, I think it'll stay like this for a little while. Tay Hardy, Shamar Givens, those two guys round out the backcourt. Then you have uh, of course uh, at the wing position Otis Frazier third, which we'll get to him in just a little bit and the impact that he's made on the floor thus far into the season. The front court is led by Calvin Solomon and Zarek Onyema. I think that rounds out your starting five right there. You good with that, Sal? You you good with that starting five? You know what? I am. Um, it, and it's tough because I do think um, Mario McKinney, and we'll touch on um, on where he'll be, where we think he should be at, or where I think he should be at in a bit. But uh, I have no problem with that lineup because whether that's a starting lineup or not, that lineup is going to be on the floor at some point. I agree. And so I, I think that's going to be at least your initial rotation, your initial starting five, and then the second group, okay? It's made up of, like you mentioned, Mario McKinney Jr. He's that first sixth man for this group. Then you look at Malik Zachary. He's He's going to be the guy who spells uh, Shamar Givens in the backcourt mm-hmm. at the point guard position. Carlos Lemos, uh, I'm I'm impressed, man. I I think that uh, 
I didn't think we would see this. For, he's surprising me so far. I like this. And Jamari Sibley, he's kind of that seventh man. I, I called Mario McKinney the sixth man. Uh, Jamari Sibley might be that uh, de facto sixth man or seventh man. He'll spell uh, Otis Frazier the third or uh, a forward. Like He could also play that four spot and slide in nicely where Jonathan Dos Anchos was supposed to play as well um, You know, before he got that injury. Kevin Kalu rounds out that's that uh, second unit. He'll spell, uh, he'll come in as a reserve for Zarek Onyema. And I think those two are kind of interchangeable. I And I don't think that either of them should feel bad if they're not the starter. If they're coming off the bench, they're, they they have a certain role. And I think that Zarek and uh, Kevin can provide, um, you know, a lot of good things at that center position. I don't think you're going to need to toy with having Calvin Solomon and Jamari Sibley on the floor together instead of having one of Onyema and Kalu on the floor. I think you can uh, put both uh, Onyema and Kalu as long as they're not in foul trouble. You can put at least one of them on the floor, and they're, they're going to hold their own. So well, Yeah, and especially if you need to get stops on defense, or, or that's the first part, right, you know, forcing a miss. But the second part is reeling it in and getting the board. Um, you have two guys that you can trust to, to grab that board. And the more that those two are in sync with each other, the better it's going to be for the defense because they'll be able to seal the deal. Yeah, I agree completely. And I think the only other player that you can uh, call to maybe round out this list, maybe he's he's going to fight all year long, at least in the non-conference part of it, to try to get minutes and earn minutes in CUSA time. That's going to be Derek Hamilton. And I think it's an uphill battle for him, but he's not too far off. I, I will, we'll get into uh, the players individually in just mm-hmm. a little bit, but that's at least 11 players right there that you can see playing. Now, the interesting part is when Jonathan Dos Anchos comes back in, how does that affect everything? It's kind of like the whole, uh, and I don't want to compare it too much, but it, it is kind of like the Keontae Kennedy situation, like, right? Like the missing time and then coming back and affecting the lineup. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that Dos Anjos, he started that first game, right? Like he he uh, or no, 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 excuse me, he did not start that first game, but he came off the bench. He played in just a minute, and then he that's when he suffered that injury. But you have to look at him as somebody who is going to be playing those significant minutes with this group because he has that kind of talent. So uh, I think. It's it's going to be something where I, I really like the depth with this group, and I think it's going to be something where they're going to flex that depth even into conference play because they can rely on so many different guys. Now, um, as far as uh, well, as far as this show goes, I want to just uh, mention our telephone number is 915-505-6009 to get into Minor Talk. We'll open up the phone lines the entire time, but I understand tonight might be a little slower on the calls. Uh, not a lot to take away as far as maybe like uh, big hot takes or stuff like that. But what we're going to do for everybody out there right now who's listening in to us, we are going to give away two tickets to the UTEP football game this Saturday. It's senior day. We will give away two tickets tickets to the caller of the show. So all you have to do is give us a call and tell us, you know, what you liked about this UTEP team. What 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 impresses you or what are some of the things that you want this team to work on? All you have to do is give us a call 915-505-6009. Come on with us here on Minor Talk. Caller of the show will take home uh two tickets that they could pick up here at our radio station uh as this week continues. But let's keep it moving here on Minor Talk. Um again, I don't expect too much here on the phone lines. That's why me and Sal are going to probably take most of this ourselves. And talk about it at length but um Really, uh, really want to talk about players individually. Also, want to talk a little bit about signing day, which uh, um, you know it's it's kind of belated a little bit. I mean, these guys signed last week, and UTEP's announcing it today. I get it. I understand why they're doing that. It's because they had a, a big game last Saturday, and I'm sure that was a priority right there. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more as far as the rotation. I also want to talk a little bit about some of the former miners that we're seeing uh, across the the country doing some big work, and some local players doing some big work across the the country and how they've got off to a start. Um, we definitely want to talk all about that as well as Minor Talk continues. We're presented by the Oscar Arietta Agency. You can check out RiseUp915.com. That's easy to remember, right? I mean, it's UTEP's incentive. RiseUp915.com. That's where you can register for some awesome game day prizes with the Oscar Arietta Agency. They bring you the Hometown Hero Award for every UTEP game. You saw the Hometown Hero Award uh, honored today as usual, and you can just check them out, OscarArietaAgency.com. Also want to mention, we'll give out our awards later on in the show. It's our hot hand of the game, thanks to our great friends at Wind Supply El Paso, and then our player of the game, brought to you by Keats Southwest. Let's uh, let's continue here talking some UTEP hoops. Um, Sal, I, I basically, what I did in this game is I just jotted down um, 
notes next to each player. And I, I just wanted to I wanted to zero in on every player like through a, a big stretch of the game just to try to get a good takeaway from them. And um, I, I just want to get your reaction based off what you've seen, what you've heard uh, with this squad so far. And with this group, I think that there's a lot of things that you can improve on. But at the same point, I think there's something that you can also say about, hey, there are things that, that they need to develop. There are things that they need to get better at. And next week, uh, you heard from head coach Joe Golding, uh, when when they're taking on a team like Alcorn State, then Cal State, Bakersfield, and then Texas A&M Corpus Christi, they've got to be sharp next week in, in order to try to go 3-0. and And I'm putting that on them. They've got to go 3-0 and in this next stretch right here ahead of that Wednesday game on the road against New Mexico State on November 30th to close out the month of November. Now, <clears throat> of course... Minor fans would want UTEP to finish out the month of November with a record of, oh, I don't know, 6-1. and one. Their only loss being against Texas, beating out New Mexico State twice. Uh, I think that might be unrealistic, but I don't think that's too far off. And I still think that as they play more Division One teams like they will next year, I mean next week, uh, we'll continue to learn more about this squad. Now, um, just to, just to uh, talk a little bit about Alcorn State, like uh, head coach Joe Golding mentioned in his postgame interview, they beat out Wichita State last Saturday. They just beat Stephen F. Austin tonight. So UTEP's getting a tough team that's coming into town next week, and uh, that's not a given um, right off the bat. They're a team that plays great defense. Uh, they are they are uh, a team that loves to rebound the basketball on both sides, uh, both sides, and they're a team that shoots the three-point ball exceptionally well. So uh, when it comes to Alcorn State, we'll preview them a little bit later on in the show, but uh, that's not a given game right there, Sal. And I think right there what you have to understand is for UTEP they've got to get all these games that they have at home they have to win all of them to try to protect home court as best as possible yeah for sure especially when um the Don has been a tough place for teams to come in and and beat the minors at over the years especially with Golding last year I think he was uh solidifying you know that presence back at at home court which is uh if we could be honest, that was a priority of his in his press conference, too. So this is a good step. It's it's not the most appealing schedule if you're just kind of looking at names and you're not too familiar with it. Right. But, uh, but Alcorn is definitely a, a tough squad. So they're going to have to be on their A game if, if they want to stand a chance to, to beat Alcorn State. Because congratulations, you're you're on two-game win streak. If we could be real, a one-game win streak. But uh, uh, you're riding high on those two wins. But those are in the books now. You're going to see that first team that you beat um, down the road again very so, soon very soon exactly and then now um you you got to defend your your home court in um in a i don't want to say tournament but in a invitation or i don't know what to make of it the gym the classic there we go yeah the jim forbes classic so it's, it's a new um new classic that they embedded and, and they installed so they want to get that off to a good start too especially as a, as legendary as a jim forbes and coach forbes was yeah that's a great point sal i love the first off i love the fact that they're honoring him uh yeah. one of the best uh, coaches to ever walk here in the city of el paso and for the multiple team events it's an it's interesting right because this is something college basketball adopted recently where it gives schools an excuse to host three different teams at their uh, at their venues uh, for non-exempt tournaments. So this is beneficial to UTEP. They get three home games out of it. It's Alcorn State, Cal ba- State, Bakersfield, and of course Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Uh, those are the three contests that they have next week as part of this multiple team event. Not necessarily like a tournament or like an invitational as we're used to with the Sun Bowl Invitational. That one awards players. It gives a championship team at the end people play for kind of that title this time around it's it's kind of playing for that bra- for bragging rights I don't know if there's any sort of like title or like any kind of formality when the, when it comes to that but I do know that uh, these these have been recently introduced in college basketball the uh, exempt multiple team events that's exactly what it's called Okay, got it, got yeah. it. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how UTEP fares against those teams, but we'll go over uh, next week's schedule later on in the show. Let's take some calls. Let's uh, welcome on Adrian, who's joining us here on the phone lines. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Uh, I almost said our old number. Wow, <laughs> that's uh, that was bad. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, our new telephone number, 915-505-6009. We're giving away UTEP tickets for Saturday's uh, senior day game against Florida. To international to the caller of the show adrian welcome on to the program man how's it going good and yourself adrian doing fine doing fine tokayo what do you think of this game uh 
I didn't actually watch it. I just heard it over the radio. Okay. So I really wasn't able to see, um, what's it called? How the team performed in general in regards to passing and and just playing as a team in general, right? Sure, sure. Uh, it's ex- it's expected for them to beat a Division three team. Uh, usually, it's, this is a those type of games to just give confidence to to the team itself. And um, but my my question is is uh, was this something that they needed for them to from now on to the future to progress as a as a team or is it just giving them too much confidence yeah uh, I, I see where you probably does not yeah I see where you're going with this Adrian I also think that um you know I, I think that's an interesting question I would just say that uh, it could be this year it could be next year it could be last year it could be three years, five years from now, whatever it is, UTEP will continue to play these regional exhibition games. And uh, some of them, most of the time, I think they'll be the first game of the year, if not maybe the second game. This time around, it's the third game after back-to-back physical games against Texas, New Mexico State. Uh, so I think that's the reason why this scheduling ended up happening. They have one more like this uh, Saturday, December 3rd against Northern New Mexico. So we'll see another contest similar to this. Well, um, I like the fact that they started off strong in regards to uh, teams that they had to play at the beginning of the season. Uh, you know, a, a tough loss against Texas and a great win against NMSU. And this one was just, in my opinion, a uh, just for the mental aspect of getting these guys motivated to uh, – Play as as best as they can. Yeah, I and, get you. Uh, Golding, you know, and Golding is doing a good job. I, I like that. I like the fact that uh, I don't know if he did the, the whole scheduling, but um, something different. Uh, hopefully, they don't think that uh, now that they just beat the Saul Ross is going to make them, uh, you know, a contender. Uh, it's going to be game after game, uh, one game at a time, and. Hopefully they just get better. Uh, Defensive-wise, they still need to improve. Yeah, and I agree with you, Adrian. I, I like where you're going with this. I think there are a lot of areas that they still need to uh, improve on. Great phone call. I really appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in on, on uh, Minor Talk here with us. Uh, you you definitely entered your name in the hat to win these UTEP football tickets. So we'll give you a call. We'll shoot you a text uh, if you're the winner. Or just keep listening to Minor Talk. We'll pick a winner at the end of this show. So really appreciate it, Adrian. Thanks for weighing in on the show and talking about some UTEP basketball thoughts that you had uh, from listening to the contest. Now, if anybody else... Uh, wants to chime in our telephone number 915-505-6009 that's our telephone number to get into the show uh let's burn through some tweets let's talk some uh texts that came in uh this coming in from locomotive minor love the depth of this team love the defensive effort the shooting and the foul shooting were uh the shooting and the foul shooting worries me foul shooting could cost us a game sooner or later this team plays more as a team than any utep team in the past 12 years Overall, I've liked what I've seen in the early part of the year. Got to keep growing and improving. Go Miners. That's coming from Lou. And um, I, I think that's an interesting point right there yeah. as far as some of the worries he has. Foul shooting could wor- worries him. Uh, shooting could cost him games. Uh, in this contest right here in particular, UTEP shot 50% from uh, free throw range. 6 of 12 today from the line. They were 3 of 11 from beyond the arc. They can't hit a 3. They're not a, they're not a good 3-point shooting team right now. And I didn't expect them to be a good three-point shooting team at all for that matter Sal and and I'll also bring up Jonathan Byers who tweeted the show in the past three games there has been here has been UTEP's three-point percentage against Texas 33 percent against NMSU 23 percent against Sol Ross 17 percent so uh it's a rough go around for the three point shooting so far for UTEP, but that's not their identity. Their their identity is not a shooting team yet. And I think, like we saw last year, I said it before the season started. Like we said last year, their shooting and their offense will come along probably by Conference USA time around. It's not coming yet. Well, I, I think the ball movement is going to get there for sure. I, I we've seen some flashes of that, but as far as shots go, uh, yeah, they they got to be dropping at some point, and and it even goes beyond. 
beyond uh, no, not range wise, but uh, if we look deeper than just the three point line, um, how about the free throw line? Just just haven't been impressive against Texas. Sixty six uh, point. We'll round it out. Sixty seven to to be generous. Sixty seven percent against New Mexico State. Fifty eight percent, and then tonight, uh, looking at the numbers here, only sixty percent. So mm. they're, they're physical enough to get to the line, but but they're right though. If if they want to take that next step and win those close games against you know the the upper echelon of conference USA or just some some dogs. I mean, even a Alcorn State coming up, they're gonna need every point that they can get. And if you can't get them at the free throw line, you're resulting to jump shots or or inside inside works. But either way, you got to make your jump shots and your free throws at times. Definitely. Free throws more than jump shots so they got to touch on that yeah it kind of reminds me of how last team last year's team was at times where it was like man they're shooting like 18 percent from the field tonight or like 20 percent from the field but they're defending at a high level so the, the score is low like they, they yeah could, and i think this team they'll notice that they'll have a bad shooting night and they'll just go to like a slow down offense like they did against texas and limit the possessions the other teams get and the plus for them if, if nothing is working on offense is they can rely on their defense to create sure. those opportunities, right? The fast break uh, points, um, you know, just being able to control the rock. So their defense is going to give them those opportunities, but but they got to make do with those opportunities. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. As we continue here on Minor Talk, UTEP Mineto checking in on the show. I was right before Joe, Coach Joe Golding, and I am right now about his family, his team, coaches, and players. They are the right choice for UTEP. Uh, hashtag minor talk. That's what UTEP Mineto says. Also checking in is Joe Chacon, our good pal. Fellas, I've seen UTEP play the likes of Northern Iowa, Coppin State, Little Rock, Delaware State, etc. If you're a fan, you support your team no matter what. Who knows how these teams we play on the non-conference schedule will fare, but don't bash Coach Golding for wanting more. Fan involvement. This is a completely new team that seems to be his system. That's what we want. Now it's time to go support them. Don't dog the schedule. Let's get that 25th win this year. Hashtag RiseUp915. Hashtag repping from Colorado now. Hashtag minor ink crew. <laughs> nice, uh, nice tap, by the way. Uh, but <laughs> if I could say this and not to kind of, uh, you know, be a downer, but Coppin State, Northern Iowa, Little Rock and Delaware State. Those are Division One teams. Yeah, there you go. So, so you know, I, I understand what he means, though, because there's some some dark horses, you know, in the MEAC, in the SWAC, uh, you name it. In Southland, the, in killing the it right Mid-American, now. Mid-American, you know what it means, Southland. There's some really, really good basketball teams, so it's not a knock on them. It's just when we look at this and Sol Ross being a Division Three team, what really do you make of it? You you got to get out of the game healthy and um, continue to uh, establish your identity, and they did that tonight. Yeah, and I, I've said this before. I'll say it again for people who don't uh, who haven't listened or who haven't heard about this. But schedule making at the college basketball level, at the Division One level in West Texas, El Paso, where Ooh. we're kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's tough. And I mean, middle of nowhere compared to other universities and how difficult it might be to travel to El Paso uh, from some of these other universities. But still, look look at where UTEP is. And then also at the same time, um, all right, let, let's just take it into perspective like this. Football schedules in advance years. And I'm talking like, we, you know, UTEP has their 2028 schedule down. Like they, they know who they're going to play in non-conference for years to come on the football side of things. And that takes a lot of different things. I'm not saying football schedule making is easy it takes relationships it takes uh having that right the right ties with the right conferences who you're going to play in non-conference uh making sure you have a balance of hey some maybe winnable games in non-conference or some uh some good matchups in in football and then at the same time you want to get paid so now on the basketball side of yeah. things it's totally different because it's year to year it's not let's schedule this in advance five years hey you might have some uh, here and there that give you a home and home or uh maybe they'll do two home two for one two home games over there and uh you, they, they do an away game over here something like that we, we we've seen that happen like i'll give you a quick example kansas uh rodney terry yeah. he orchestrated the
negotiated that deal. Uh, they played that game late in March or early March, I believe, uh, that season. And then the second game they played, it was actually Joe Golding. He uh, Golding played them uh, to kick off last uh, last season uh, or to tip off last season in the early part of the year. So that that just shows you right there. You know, there are some tie-ins, but for the most part, it's year to year schedule making. And when I was talking to some coaches before the season started, I asked them, you know, like what? Give me the breakdown. Like, why is it so hard to schedule to to uh, develop a schedule? Well, think about the transfer portal, right? Like, let's say uh, I'm just going to pick a random team. Like, let's say uh, a Wyoming, or let's say UTEP's next opponent in Alcorn State. Let's say they had nine players depart from last year, and let's say they have a whole new team coming in this year, nine new players. Well, what if the coach thinks I have no clue what this team is going to be? I don't want to go on the road and play a team like UTEP. I, I want to play teams in my re- area. I want to build my program up a little bit more. So I think it's situational. It's also based off coaches and the re- the relationship you might have with those cult- coaches. So more politics That's play, play yeah. into it in college basketball. There has to be a lot more agreements in place and it's harder nowadays to schedule make in college basketball I think than it's ever been. And uh, two things that, that I want to bring up. You, you mentioned um, the politics of it, how some of these coaches, they know each other from, from somewhere. So that coaching tree, we, we t- what is it like, the three degrees of separation? There you go. That, that's exactly what it is in, uh, in college like basketball. And then another thing, too, um, you, you mentioned how hard it is to get teams to come down here. It's going to get a lot tougher for two teams. One, of course, the minors, but two being New Mexico State. It's good for those two because now there's going to be two guaranteed games. I mean, as as it was before due to the rivalry, but now them joining Conference USA, those two games are going to be a guarantee. But with that comes that added responsibility. Although it can be fun going on the road or trying to bring somebody in, it's going to be a lot tougher trying to fill those spots. So, yeah, you, you got two guaranteed games now, but two spots opened up. How are you going to fill it in? I mean, it can be a good thing, but what makes it tough is New Mexico State is a perennial power coming out right. of the still with the whack but coming out of the whack who wants to go there and potentially lose and then for the miners if if golding is continuing uh to improve this team who's going to want to come down here um if with it not being a buyout game so that's going to be the tough part yeah i mean if you just look at the home schedule for new mexico state I mean, their their schedule is almost worse. I mean, you, it is probably worse right now. Just looking at it right here, they have it's a hundred times worse. What am I saying? They have uh, UTEP at home, New Mexico at home, Northern New Mexico at home. That's it. That's yeah. it. They don't have anybody else that they're hosting. They're going on the road to face Duquesne, on the road to face St. Mary's, on the road to face, uh, well, in a neutral setting, to face San Diego and Santa Clara. That that's terrible. I mean, that that's unfortunate right there for Greg Heyer, but that just tells you and puts it into perspective how difficult it really is to schedule making in this college basketball universe we live in. Yeah, for sure. And and speaking of New Mexico State, um, you know, that team's only going to get better year in and year out. So it, it just really adds to that point. If you want to play New Mexico State and, and you're a good team, you're probably going to want to take them to your house instead of taking a trip down to the Pan Am Center. Uh, this coming in from UTEP Mineto. Uh, I was right before Joe Golding and I, and I am right about his family, his team. Oh, he, he reiterates it. He is the right choice for UTEP in the city of El Paso. He just wants to make sure we're saying this. Uh, I appreciate that, UTEP Mineto. I appreciate the passion. Cesar Cubillos, even this game shows the improvement. Just two years ago, UTEP men's basketball trailed Sol Ross at the half and managed uh, a 19-point win. Love the defense today. Not a game to brag about, but great tune-up for future games. Onyema and Frazier give UTEP a real presence in the paint. Uh, that's coming from Cesar Cubillos. That's a good point about the Sol Ross game. You know what? I like that that uh, phrase he used, tune-up. That's what you could really make of this game. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, just looking at that box score real quick, two years ago, uh, Sol Ross comes to town. It's Julian Paredes. The Kenny Tio standout. Uh, it's Tristan <laughs> Lee Cohn who graduated yep. from America's uh, and then finished out his career at Texas. Is now a, a, a GA over there right now as well. Um those are two guys who are on that roster, along with Mitchell Martinez, who also graduated from Eastwood. Uh, those were those players were on that roster uh, in that game and uh, in, in that contest. He's right. UTEP ended up winning 84-65. and uh, that one they did struggle. I do remember that. Uh, twenty twenty one. Actually, 
Yeah, that was a 2021 game um, in that season. So it was the 2020-2021 game. So interesting enough. Uh, but let's continue. We'll move forward. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. That's our telephone number to get into Minor Talk. We're also at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. At 600 ESPN El Paso on t- Twitter. Oscar at Oscar Junior 915 tweets us, lots of positives, but the free throw shooting it has been abysmal. It needs immediate attention. I think it just needs immediate attention from the right players you know I again um, you know I always say don't take players for granted you, people took the Sule boom free throw shooting for granted they did automatic he yep. was automatic as soon as he stepped to the line you knew he was making every single free throw that he he was attempting and that was so comforting for UTEP last year and over the past several years and they don't have a, a somebody like that who's automatic just yet I'll say that that they have a couple guys who can become that person but um, to have that right there I think all right Sule boom is the anomaly right like that having having uh, somebody as automatic as Sule boom is almost once in a generation from the free throw line but what you can ha- hope is that one of these guys morphs into a Jamal B enemy like free throw shooter which when JB was hot he would just hit the free throws in the right time. And that's what I appreciated about watching JB last year is that it felt like in all the big moments, whenever he'd get to the free throw line, he was automatic. And I think that's the difference right there. Like, you don't – Sule Boom, automatic all the time, okay? You don't necessarily have to be an automatic all the time free throw shooter because I get it. There's You're going to have a missed free throw here and there. But try to aspire to be like that JB, the Jamal B enemy. When it's a big moment, you're going to hit the yeah. free throw no matter the, what. The ones that matter the most, right? I mean, every point matters. You, you can look back in retrospect like, hey, they would have made this shot at this point in the first half. Yeah, it'd be different. But the point is, at a certain you know area of the game where that margin for error is slimmer, that's when you got to execute. So I see what you mean. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree there, Sal. Uh, let's keep it moving. I just want to reel off some uh, notes that I have, Sal, with just certain players, uh, and then we're gonna try. We're gonna start closing this one up already. Uh, it's been it's been fun just talking some UTEP hoops. It's a quiet night. I get it. This is uh, you know it's a, it's early season basketball. We're gonna talk a lot more next week. We're, you're gonna have three editions of Minor Talk of us next week, and then another one the following week. Oh, and by the way, we're back at it Saturday for UTEP football and uh, and Florida International. Not to mention next Saturday, UTEP football against the UTSA. It's, it's not enough. We need more. We need more. need more. You need more of being Sal. Next week, we have four minor talks. How about that, Sal? Oh, man. If only there were more <laughs> days in a week for us to get them in, right? If only there was a game on Thanksgiving, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Hold on. <laughs> uh, all right. Okay. I'm going to I'm gonna um, reel off some notes. You tell me what you think. Uh, this is just what I've I noticed so far. Okay. Um, Calvin Solomon, for those who don't remember, number 13. I think he's streaky. Uh, I think he's somebody who is great on defense. He is solid around the rim. He doesn't really have range as far as a shot yet. He doesn't have that kind of confidence yet either. Um, he last game, the game before, I thought he was just trying to play too. Uh, he was playing a little loose, uh, but today he kind of toned it down, dialed it back a little bit, and made players around him a little bit better. So Calvin Solomon is definitely a player I'm watching all season long. Streaky guy. Tremendous on defense, uh, has a lot to improve on, and I think that's a good thing, right? Like he's not—he's nowhere near a finished product. No, definitely not. And, and although you know the, the aspects that that we want to see him improve on, um, he's not there yet. Just the way that he approaches things, and what we hear or what I've heard of him in practice, and and just the effort that he displays, it's inevitable that he's going to get better throughout the year. So it's he's still a work in progress, but fun to watch. This is a guy who could be pretty special in the future. Zarek Onyema, we talk about him a lot today. I saw him chase down a block. That's another thing he's added to his bag. Is now he's got this chase down block to him. Uh, I love I, I loved watching that one right there. Uh, I don't think I don't think we need to spend too much on Zarek Onyema since we've done it a lot. Uh, throughout the first two games but I do want to spend time talking about Otis Frazier oh man what the bit the biggest surprise on this team the best surprise on this team as well the story behind him is so interesting right because at George Mason he averages seven minutes his first year his freshman season he averages eight minutes last year he only scores uh, he actually scores under three points and averages under two rebounds in each season 
just never can get on the on the on the court, Sal. And so he enters the portal following a, a coaching change or whatever ended up happening at George Mason. I don't I don't know. Um, but he ended up leaving, entering the transfer portal. But what kind of film? If you're a player like that, what film do you send out? Well, I heard that he sent out practice film, and the UTEP coaches fell in love with him uh, based off the practice film that they saw. I didn't see it. I did not see it on any of the highlights before he was coming here to UTEP. I didn't see it on any of the huddle things that I saw. Out of high school, I didn't see it at all. I was thinking to myself, man, this is going to be a guy who's just a project, who like they develop in the system. Maybe he plays next year or the year after. Maybe he morphs into somebody who can uh, kind of stretch the floor and, and help UTEP out. I kind of even, you know, I was really down on him just as a player on paper. And then he comes to UTEP, and he's just lighting it up. In practice over the offseason. And then I'm really starting to yeah. think, you know, Otis Frazier could be a good, a solid piece on this team. Maybe he can be an off the bench rotational player. Day one, he starts. And I'm thinking, oh no, like this is real. Like this guy is an impact uh, rotational yeah. piece on this group, and he will be an integral. Uh, you know, peace with this group moving forward. He's athletic. He can cut to the rim like no one on this team. Uh, he has a nose for the basketball, plays way better off ball, cannot create on ball. Uh, great on defense. Today he had four steals. He's very aggressive. I don't see him necessarily being reckless on defense. I see him being more poised and chasing after those, uh, you know, those those uh, like interceptable balls in, in a sense or passes. I Frazier, best surprise thus far. Uh, I am really looking forward to him throughout this season yes yeah, somebody that uh that they can rely on as well especially down low so uh with, with Frazier sending in that that practice footage it's funny you bring that up because in the postgame show um coach golden was mentioning you know they have tomorrow off but then after that uh, gonna do my favorite thing and that's practice so hey if if you're a basketball player who doesn't have much game film but there's a lot of practice footage send that practice footage too because there's coaches who love practice as well as coach golding said and uh you know a lot could stand out from there so that that's huge i don't even know that he sent out the the practice that's footage. so crazy man that's cool crazy yeah it's a good story right there uh, Sh- uh shamar givens shams we're gonna call him because everybody there calls him shams <laughs> Uh, I'm double downing on him. Uh, I know it's been a shaky start. I know he can't shoot this. He hasn't been able to shoot thus far, uh, or at least I, I should say at least display his shooting abilities because uh, to say he can't shoot thus far is not fair to what he does at practice. I, I've seen it. I'm, I can, I'll just say it. I've seen it. So I'm not going to – I'm double downing on him. Uh, I think he's a floor general. I think he does so much. He's a lead on defense, three steals today in 17 minutes. We don't really take much from him today anyways. Uh, Shamar Givens has been slow to start off in the scoring column, but uh, as of everything else, he just dishes, he facilitates, he makes people around him better. I don't think he's asked to be the guy yet, like to, to score for them thus far. Uh, I'm double downing on him. Are you worried with Shamar Givens? Uh, uh, I'm not worried because as I mean three games so far in right Right. as as bad as those numbers look he's still a piece of the puzzle on defense and he's he's that anchor he's that captain so in retrospect he can kind of you know afford some of these nights off offensively by by not really in a high shooting percentage or, or not making you know a small amount of shots but um He's somebody that they need on the floor just for that veteran leadership. So eventually it's going to come. I'm with you. I, I really like uh, Givens' game. There's going to there's gonna be a coming out party with him dropping like 23 or something like that. I know that it. Out I know of nowhere. it's going to And it's going to happen. And teams aren't going to be ready for that. And when it does, it's going to make everybody around him even better. He's 2 of 9 from the field so far. 1 of 2 from the three-point line. 4 of 5 from free throws made uh, into three contests thus far. So not great numbers but I, I'm betting on the long haul. Uh, we'll see you in February, Shamar Givens. I, I promise that. I, I know it. Kevin Callu, um, he's improved his aggressiveness. He needs uh, more minutes, and he needs free throw work. Anything else you want to add there on Kevin Callu? Uh, it, it's tough because uh, tonight, you know, in a game where you expect guys to to take that leap and play big, he did play big today. So he, he was 5 for 6 with 13 points, so it's there, uh, albeit it is against uh, Sol Ross State. He has those pieces of the puzzle. Just want to see some consistency. We'll talk about Tay Hardy, Mario McKinney Jr., Derek Hamilton, and Carlos Lemos in just a second, but let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. You're listening to Minor Talk, brought to you by the Oscar Addy at the agency right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.
From hometown to national. Sports spoken here. 600 ESPN El Paso is KROD El Paso, a Town Square media station. Let's keep it moving. Uh, Tay Hardy, my notes. He needs to be a, J- a Jamal enemy level free throw shooter. I mentioned that earlier. Maybe it's Tay Hardy who could be this guy. Uh, he attacks the rim. A plus. He guards at an A plus level. He could be just a little bit better defensively. Uh, I, I could see that right there. Two blocks, three steals, 24 minutes for Tay Hardy, eight points. Um, can continue to become a better shooter. I know that. Uh, is aggressive on the rebounding side. Does take some possessions off defensively, but it's very few. It's like one in 50, you know. Um, and, and Tay Hardy, he's, he's I think he's really good off-ball defense. He just needs to be a, a tad bit better on-ball defense. Maybe I'm wrong but that's at least what I've seen so far he, he has the experience for sure I think that's a big reason why coach Golding um, and the staff trust him to be out there he, he looks good at times but you definitely want to see a, a step up offensively but what I've seen from him is he's not afraid of, of anything out there on the floor I mean none of these guys are but when you look at at Tay Hardy you get that that sense of um, this is somebody who whoever he's matched up against is probably going to have to go to their second or their third move whether it be you know on offense or defense, however they want to attack, he, he's going to be able to adjust as, as the game goes on. So I, I trust him out there. Even though the numbers aren't showing it, he's uh, kind of like with Givens, he's still a big piece to the puzzle. Yeah, and I also like I also like him just being calm and kind of that veteran guy. He's he's led a team at the yeah. mid-major level before in scoring, so he, he doesn't necessarily have to do that here, but he can if he has to. Uh, Mario McKinney Jr. is the most athletic player on this team. He has the best swag and he has the best <laughs> uh, he has the best style and best uh best swag when he plays you know like he's got a swagger to him a confidence a moxie like he he almost reminds me of like a football quarterback in a sense where he's just he he's so ferocious uh he's talking he's um he gets after it defensively offensively he can play he loves playing in transition loves playing when there's a you know kind of that open court uh it felt like every on every steal every transition play Mario McKinney Jr. was active at some point so just really impressed by him early on any thoughts on him Uh, two things one is I think he should uh crack the starting lineup and be in there okay over who um if I had to pick so so my ideal lineup is um is a three guard lineup okay I like that it'd be Givens Hardy and um and McKinney uh Frazier and then for the five Oh, man, it's really tough to call. Probably Onyema or maybe um, uh, let's go Onyema. Okay. Yeah. So so that would be my— So no Calvin Solomon. Um, uh, I like Solomon, too. And I, I think they could—you know, you could switch it up depending on whatever that matchup is, whoever you're going up against that game. Um, but more on the, on McKinney, I think more so than anybody on this on this roster, he's the, he's the most recognizable and best at being the change of pace player. Yeah, I could see that. I definitely could like, see that. When it comes to one-on-one, without a doubt, McKinney's got to have the ball in his hands. Yeah, I feel like you could kind of think, all right, maybe Shamar Givens is like uh, Jamal Bienemy was is more of a facilitator last year. Okay, maybe. He's not score first yet like JB was last year. Maybe you say like Tay Hardy is taking on that shooting guard role. It's not Sule Boom's role, but it's more of a shooting guard role. But they never had a role like Mario McKinney last year. And I think that's the new kind of uh, edge that this year's team brings is that they got somebody like him. And he can kind of be that spark plug, whether it's off the bench or like you're mentioning, on on the floor to start things off. Remember Sule Boom kind of came off the bench when he was first emerging with yeah, that basketball? That, that's absolutely right. I forgot about that. So maybe he could become somebody like that who just slowly like integrates himself in the starting lineup and then... Who knows? Maybe in February we're talking about Mario McKinney Jr. as the guy to this team. So we it's don't know. It's possible, yeah. I mean, and, and that's a good thing, right? Because right. That, that lets you know early on, hey, there's there's guys who are showing these flashes of, of – and they're probably not even thinking of it the same way that we are, right? They just want to win it as a team. And then over here we're like, this is the best player, yada, yada, yada. But, yeah, as, as time goes on, there's going to be more identities developed. But for sure with this team, and I, I – can't really say the same for previous teams uh but there's so many different guys with different roles that they can fit yeah you know what i mean so that that's what i appreciate the most i agree with you there sal um also i i would say let's move over to Derek hamilton um for Derek hamilton can't move but he can play 
make sense? Does that make sense at all? Like he, he's struggling <laughs> to move right now, and I and he'll get better. He's 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 brand new at this Division One level. He'll get better, but he just he can play. Like I, I like what he he's an all right. Here we go. He's an upgrade from Bonky Maring, and that's all he he was asked to be. I think it, like he just needed to be a little bit better than Bonky Maring was last year. Who they obviously replaced you know Bonky with him, and I like that upgrade right there. And I, I think the fans like him. They like uh, they were chanting. They were going. A little crazy <laughs> when they saw uh, they, they called him Big D down low. I like it. Why not? Yeah, yeah with, with Hamilton, uh, he has the pieces, and for sure, for him to to crack the floor, despite what's being said about him, shows that he has that potential. And one, he's working his butt off in practice, but two, Coach Golding trusts him out there. Yeah, I'm with you there, uh, and you're, you're exactly right. That's exa- that's what you need to do to earn some more playing time is earn the trust of the coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carlos Lemos, I'm a big fan. He's great on defense. Here we go, Sal. Here's my here's my hot take on oh, Carlos man. Lemos. He might be a step up over Jarrell Satterfield from last year. That's that's the upgrade right there that I saw and I've noticed. Uh, Carlos Lemos might play that those same minutes that Jarrell Satterfield would have played on this group. And I like him more than Jarrell Satterfield because he defends. And I think that Carlos Lemos can be a better shooter as the season goes along. But what we've seen so far is he has a good shot. He, If, if you ask me right now who, who might be the best pure shooter on UTEP, Carlos Lemos might be among the top five of that list or top three of that short list right there. Ten points today, four of seven shooting. Uh, he didn't hit a three, but he, he had some nice looks over there and then had three steals on defense. Like, this guy can play on both ends. Yeah, and he's doing it at um, he could be doing it at a high level. I was gonna say he's doing that at a high level, but defensively, he's there. Those looks are gonna continue to to come to anybody really who's open, especially with the ball movement improving. But they they gotta hit those shots, you know, down the road. So I know it's still early on, plenty of work to get to. But I mean, if they're getting these looks based off of their defense now, they they could continue to see that throughout the season. And you know, if guys get on a shooting streak then, you know, we're, we're having a whole different conversation on how <laughs> how next level they could be. Yeah, that's Or great, they are at that, that point. That's a great point, Sal. That, that's a really good point there. Uh, and also interesting, both guys are JUCO guys. I mean, when they first broke into Division One hoops, they're both uh, JUCO players. So interesting to kind of note right there. Uh, let's move on. Let's, uh, let's do a different – let's switch up the topic a little bit. Let's talk about the guys who left the program and, and some guys that we have little ties to. And we'll start off with Tristan Newton. Uh, he didn't leave the program. He was never rec- – recruited by the program until this new coaching staff came here uh, and tried to come in a little bit late, unfortunately, uh, for them. I mean, it it was to no fault of them, but uh, Tristan Newton dropping a triple-double for UConn today. Uh, This this program got it wrong back in 2016. They should have went after him, man. They should have – I mean, back back when um, they had an opportunity – they should have struck there because Tristan Newton, 22 points, 11 assists, 10 rebounds uh, in UConn's win tonight. That's just really impressive as, uh, as you know, he came from East Carolina, now with UConn, and having a lot of success. And, and check this out, right? We, we talk about the triple-double, but he also gets four steals, wow. a block, zero fouls. Wow. So, so for him to be as That's a, a good Buffalo team too. Yeah, and for him to be as active as he was all over the floor but specifically on defense and to finish with with zero fouls. That's huge. He's the only starter. Uh, let me check Buffalo too. Okay, there, there was another one, Foster. He he was a starter without fouls, but still though, to to finish without fouls and be as active as you were, that's pretty impressive. And uh, nah, this guy's a hooper. So uh, just to put it into perspective, Buffalo knocked off Colgate, who today beat Colgate beat uh, Syracuse today. So there you go. I mean, that just tells you right there. Basketball in November. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's a good point. Um, Jarrell Satterfield, speaking of, with Portland State, 0-2 oh, Portland State, by the way, struggling. Uh, but Jarrell Satterfield is not struggling, although he's only shooting 29% from three-point range. He's uh, scoring 14.5 points and grabbing 4.5 rebounds a game. Uh, Titus Verhoeven so far averaging four points and four rebounds for Northwestern. He just posted two points and six rebounds in a 75-63 win over Georgetown. Isn't that the most Titus Verhoeven? stat line ever 2.6 rebounds yeah and uh the game doesn't show on the stat sheet 
Yeah, there you go. Like, not even trying to be sarcastic, but yeah. Saucy, Christian Agnew. Um, how about this, Sal? He, they had a huge victory over Wyoming. It was actually an, a big upset. Southeastern Louisiana, this is a team out of, uh, I, I don't even know, man. Uh, they're, they're out of the Texas A&M Corpus Christi. That's the Southland Conference, okay? So um, Southeastern Louisiana right now, 2-1 and one on the year. They recently knocked off Wyoming. In that game, Christian Agnew had 15 points, two rebounds, and an and an assist uh, to help lead the way for that squad. So uh, a little saucy check right there. Did a nice uh, job. But, uh, you know, it's nothing compared to uh, former UTEP standout Sule Boom. Xavier standout right now, averaging 15 points, almost four assists. Uh, Shooting, get this, Sal, you're going to love this. Shooting over... 69% 69% from the field. Like, this guy's killing it right now in his field goal percentage. He shot 75% uh, in their win over Montana, and then with 23 points in their win over Morgan State. I get it. It's Morgan State, but still. Shoots 66% from the floor, and then 66% from three-point range. Sule Boom, uh, off to a great start so far, and uh, I couldn't be happier for that guy. And, and you know what, too? Just to kind of take it back a bit, to open up the, the season uh, against Morgan Oregon State, he gets five steals. We, we saw him. One. We yeah. saw him be a steal monster in. A, I think it was the Middle Tennessee game in the tournament, and then the next game, no steals, but he, he fills in with five assists. And I, I know they had a game tonight. The the stats aren't showing. Let me pull it up here. Okay, against Fairfield, uh, a respective game here. They got the win, so they're now three and zero. But for uh, for Sule Boom, he finishes four for nine. Seven rebounds and five assists. Wow. Only 11 points, though. Come on. <laughs> no, but but uh, perfection from the line, three for three. So, I mean, we've seen that progression, right? When, when he started, um, you know, showcasing for the minors off the bench, it was this guy can shoot. And then, you know, he, he evolved into a starter. Okay, this guy can score at a high level. And then now he's being more efficient. All he does is shoot. Okay, he he picks better spots and takes better shots. Then he starts passing the ball and racking up assists, getting rebounds and steals. It's kind of like that that evolution, right, from um, from a guy who was just coming off the bench and shooting to now somebody that you can build a team around. Yeah, and I think that for Sule Boom, just uh, an outstanding player that I think that we're going to follow uh, throughout the whole season. I really do. I think that we're going to watch him in March play hoops, uh, play at the highest level in the NCAA tournament, just like we saw Bryce. Bryson Williams. I really do. I, I'm going to bet on the long haul with Sule Boom um, for sure uh, after this one. One other name I did not mention, Keontae Kennedy. Uh, he has played in two contests thus far with Memphis. Keontae Kennedy, uh, who transferred over from UTEP this past year, the six foot five guard, he's averaging two points, three rebounds, one assist on 25% field goal shooting. So, uh, yeah, he, he probably wants to step it up a little bit in their uh, recent loss to St. Louis. He actually posted 10 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists in 21 minutes. So there you go. I mean, not a bad performance whatsoever by Keontae Kennedy, uh, who gets a a little bit more minutes in this uh, recent contest against St. Louis. So that rounds out some of the former UTEP players right there. Let's close out the show right now. Let's just preview ahead uh, quickly uh, an upcoming week for the Miners. They've got Alcorn State first. We just mentioned what kind of team they are. Cal State Bakersfield comes to town on Wednesday, so Tuesday-Wednesday game for the Miners, and then Friday, closing things out, it's Texas A&M Corpus Christi. This is the tough one right here. Texas A&M Corpus Christi was the same team who made it to the NCAA tournament last year. They won uh, the Southland Conference outright in the tournament, and uh, they, as a result, they were the 16th seed in the NCAA tournament last year. That's going to be the toughest team that UTEP faces ahead of New Mexico State. I know we talked about Alcorn, uh, but this one, Texas A&M Corpus Christi on, on uh, next Friday, that's going to be the toughest matchup UTEP has. Yeah, and this is a team who's kind of found that identity, right? In a way, and I'm not going to compare exactly because it's a different program, but we, we kind of look at what a Abilene Christian became under Goaling, where, where, you know, year by year you were seeing that progression. Texas A&M could be that next team out of Texas that um th- that is a mid-major power if they continue to to go on that trend but you're right it's going to be a tough um a tough game for the miners especially with their um with their forward uh, Mushila this guy is averaging just under 19 points per game and on the boards he's averaging a double double with 13 rebounds per game and um 
almost five of those being offensive rebounds. So it's going to be crucial. I, I know we're jumping ahead, really, but it's going to be crucial for them to close out those possessions. Hey, uh, this coming in from Ruben Ramirez, our good pal. Love UTEP men's basketball game tonight, a tune-up for Alcorn State next week. But... Tonight was the perfect game for every player to see action. I was totally disappointed that Garrett Levesque did not get to see one minute of action. If not tonight, win. Just saying, hashtag come on. Uh, I'm with you. I wanted to see Garrett Levesque tonight too, and we did not. We did not see him. So I'm with you completely there, Ruben. Uh, very good point. A couple other tweets to get to uh, before we wind up this show. Joe Chacon, let's have this conversation again when UTEP men's basketball is a 12th seed in the big dance. <laughs> hashtag just saying. Hashtag whenever Kaplowitz wakes up, let him know what I said. Hashtag Sal needs to post his. Hashtag oh, minor right. ink. Hashtag hashtag approved. Hashtag Adrian needs some minor ink. <laughs> hashtag pickaxe on the face right before the wedding hangover style. You like that? You like that right there, Sal? You better do it, man. A little pickaxe. You, you better, yeah. On the you, face. I'll make sure he does it. Don't worry. On the cheek. On the... On the neck. There you go. It's the it's the neck. There tattoo you go. I that like I need. It. All right. Good stuff, Joe Chacon. Uh, I will not be getting the tattoo anytime soon. Not of UTEP or anything, but it's nothing against UTEP. I just won't. I'm not a tat guy. I love tats, and I I think they look great on other people. Just the, they don't look good on me. So uh, that's how I feel about them. Nine one five Sun City. UTEP wants if UTEP wants to keep the basketball rolling, you have to start building a financial war chest to make it too hard for Golding not to stay in El Paso. Need to prepare for the future. He's an El Paso type of guy, and UTEP needs to pay this man well. Maybe Joe Golding could be UTEP's first million dollar coach. That's that's the yeah. thing that I think we're all waiting for, right? Yeah, and and a lot of mid major. Um powers or who are on that path to being a power they pay their coaches the big bucks and he's right at some point they're gonna have to pay golding you know more than what they offered initially and that's just the way with everything right i mean not to get too political but like inflation does exist right so there's cost of living raises but that's base like that should come with the territory so whatever promotion or raise that's to be given outside of that should be should be the only one really accounted for when you're bringing it up because at the very least that cost of living should should be default for sure so and by the way line ringing in one sec no you're you're exactly right though sal i it's just, it's it's about time. You know, it, that's the best way to put it. It's just about time that, that UTEP pays uh, coaches like that handsomely uh, moving forward. But our telephone number, 915-505-6009 to get into the program. Also want to mention, they made it official, uh, UTEP basketball signed Texas prep standout David Terrell from Mansfield Summit. Uh, an excellent signing right there, along with Trey Horton, who's a sharpshooter out of uh, Providence Day School in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, both winners, according to Coach Golding, uh, very excited about both these players, and it's encouraging that UTEP gets more high school guys that they could develop within the pipeline. That's exactly what they need to do to continue to build this program, and uh, of course, that is uh, build within high school players, build within youth, because that that'll be the lifeblood of your program in, in years to come. So, uh, very very encouraging right there. The UTEP had two uh, NLIs that they announced uh, for this week, and those players in particular made it official last week let's keep it moving let's go off to ricardo who's joining us next on the program 915-505-6009 that's our telephone number to uh, get into the program also hearing that garrett levesque is uh, red shirting so that's uh, one of the reasons why big shout out to our good pal steve yellen for texting into the show so ruben that's your reason right there garrett's not playing he's red shirting um speaking of red shirt uh, I, I don't know if I could share this on the radio. I'm just going to say this. I, I can't, I'm not going to share this yet. I'll share this later on in the year when I know I'm good and I'm in the clear. I just want to say this, Sal. Um, we get to watch some of the red shirts play at practice. Jamal Sumlin, man. That's a name to think about in the future. He is so fun to watch. Uh, he is outstanding. The Cleveland, Ohio high school product, true freshman, who's going to be uh, likely redshirted this year. Uh, he is so much fun. I can't wait for you to see him. Yeah, and that's another um, another guard who could shake things up a bit. And there you that, go. That, that's what I was going to ask about as well because they were talking about Levesque, and it's like where where's Sumlin at? But I'm not. I'm glad you brought that up because if early on, right as a freshman, he's getting this type of experience in practice 
going up against guys like Hardy, McKinney, Givens, Lindley, veterans, veterans, and and also too to 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 kind of teeter away, but I'll bring it back. These guys go up against each other in practice where these scrimmages are so low, that the scores are so low because they're just beating each other up, being as physical as possible. That's going to make everybody so much better before a youngin like Jamal Sumlin to to go through that and not only go through it, but shine while going through that. Yep, That's going to be incredible to watch because when he steps out on the floor, he's not going to fear anybody. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there, Sal. I'm, w- I'm with you completely. He already doesn't fear anybody. That's what scares crazy, me about this yeah. kid. Uh, Ricardo is joining us next to close out Minor Talk, 915-505-6009 as we continue. Ricardo, what's going on? How are you? Hey, I'm doing good, man. How you doing? Doing well, Ricardo. What do you think of this game? Well, I listened to it on the 600 radio. I was at work, and I was also following the score. And I was a bit worried. I don't know why I was a bit worried. <laughs> I'm always worried when it comes to UTEP. Hey, I don't blame you. Yeah, hey, I, I get it. Hey, you you probably watched this football team for uh, the entire season. You're like, yeah, I'm I'm worried about everything UTEP. Oh yeah, they every every game I I'll, I'll watch them until I die. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, what do you think of this contest? What do you think of this team? You know what? They're doing pretty good. I like it. There's definitely some things they have to have to work. Um, this is definitely a tune-up game. But I did like, I mean, they won by 40. This was a D3 Soul Rust team, right? But I thought they did pretty well. I think the main problem is they don't really have a shooter. They can't shoot from the three. I think that's going to be a problem for them. And the free throw line, too. It's going to be a big problem for them if they can't get that fixed. You know, I think it's just too early to to, to think about. I think it's it's a it's worrying early on. Okay, maybe maybe that they, they, they have a little bit of trouble shooting or, or free throws, whatever it may be. But I, I think that it, it'll be something that they clean up later on in the year, just like they did last year. Early on into the season last year, they really didn't have an offensive identity. Period. And at least this year's team it has cohesion on offense. I think the shots will fall later on in the year. Yeah, that's that's true. That is fair. Um, I definitely do like our defense. They play they play hard. I was there for that New Mexico game, and they they really did just control that game the entire time. Even though it was sixty seven, sixty four, I mean they were up by ten eight the entire game. And this game too, they dominated as well. And I'm liking I'm I'm liking the future for this team. All right, Ricardo. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for weighing in on the show. Uh, are you going to be going to any of the games next week? I am. I'm going. I am going to go to the FIU. So, I'm hoping they win. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Ricardo. Appreciate uh, the phone call. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with UTEP football. Yeah, it's a it's a whole other topic right there, Sal. We'll save it. I can't. I can't do it. I can't talk UTEP football right now until seeing uh, Saturday's game. And I don't even. Want, I I don't even know. And, and you know what? It's okay. I don't have it. You, you you don't have to do that tonight because if you want your UTEP football fix, there's the uh, Daniel Dimmel radio show Thank you. tomorrow night. Is it at Moon Tower? Yes, that's yeah, exactly Moon right. Yeah, Moon Tower and uh, live check. Here, let, let me do this. I'm going to check ahead to tomorrow because I know these times vary. Uh, let me see here. I think it's a 6, six o'clock. o'clock. Yeah, uh, it is a 6 o'clock. Yeah, there we go. 6 o'clock start time. So you'll get your UTEP fix. And, and also, too, I'll say this because I know that we get some some flack sometimes. Why, why don't you guys ask this? Why don't you ask that? The floor is open for you guys, too. You can call in. You can tweet. There it is. Yep, there you go, Sal. Love it. Love it. All you have to do is just go to the Moon Tower or, uh, uh, you know, follow in on the show and, and be involved and try to ask your question there. So, yeah, we're talking UTEP football tomorrow with Voice of the Miners, John Teicher, uh, with UTEP football and Dana Dimmel. And then we've got UTEP football minor talk on Saturday. Uh, it's an afternoon kickoff, 2 o'clock start for that one. But UTEP has the rest of the week off for basketball. They take on Alcorn State next week. Sal, any final thoughts tonight before we wrap things up? Um, you know, it's good that they got out of this game healthy. Same for Sol Ross State. You know what I mean? They um, they have a good team. I, I know they're Division Three, and I was harping on that. But uh, they're, they're poised to to be one of the leaders in their conference. Although losing a guy like Tristan Lecon a couple years ago, it hurts. You can't replace him. But when you have so many veterans on that team, it's going to bode well. So uh, they're, they're going to be fun to watch if uh, if you have a chance and you're out there in Alpine or in any of the, the towns that they go up, uh, that they visit for their competition. Definitely check them out. 
And then as far as the minors go, good thing they got out of this one healthy. It was the Frazier party tonight. That's what I got from it. Yeah, as far as Otis Frazier, he is going to win our player of the game, thanks to Keith Southwest. Uh, they are they uh, have joined us for Minor Talk over the past couple years, and really special thanks to Keith Southwest for bringing us our player of the game, which is brought, which is uh, credited to Otis Frazier the third in this contest. Now, as far as hot hand of the game in this game, uh, we're going to give it out to uh, somebody in Jamari Sibley, who is six of nine from the field. He also contributed with four rebounds, really helped the Miners off the bench in a big way. 13 points in 20 minutes of action. Jamari Sibley, the hot hand of the game, especially in the second half. He was pacing the Miners really nicely, and uh, Jamari Sibley showing what he could do off the bench today, winning the hot hand of award, thanks to our great friends at Win Supply El Paso. That'll do it for us tonight. Uh, for Sal Montes, I'm Adrian Brada saying so long. We'll be back next week for UTEP Men's Basketball Talk. It's UTEP versus Alcorn State. Until then, we'll be back in action already on Saturday following the UTEP football game. uh, That's UTEP taking on Florida International. Thank you so much for everybody listening. We'll have the podcast up uh, on demand wherever you get your podcasts. So if you miss any of Minor Talk, subscribe, download, and uh, rate review. That really helps us out. We really appreciate whenever we get those reviews and feedback on Minor Talk. Thank you so much to the Oscar ID at the agency for sponsoring Minor Talk. We're wrapping things up for Sal Montes. I'm Adrian Bradas saying so long. Thank you so much for listening to Minor Talk, brought to you by the Oscar ID at the agency here on 600 ESPN El Paso.